Good to be in God's house. Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 12 this morning. Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 12. The Bible said, This shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heavens, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Father, I pray this morning that you'll bless the reading of thy word. God, we realize that without you there's no preaching. Lord, we need a touch this morning. God, we need the winds of heaven to blow through our soul. I pray that you would help us to receive with meekness the engrafted word. God, I pray that we would hear from heaven this morning, that you would be glorified and magnified and that you're church would be edified. I pray most of all that you'd save the lost and reclaim the backslid this morning. God, for what you do, we'll give you the praise, the honor, and the glory for it all. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to preach out of verse number 14 where the Bible says, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And I want to preach this morning on a Christmas celebration. A Christmas celebration. This is the time of the year that when we come together and we get around friends and families and there's parties and there are get-togethers and there are times of celebrating. When we celebrate the birth of Christ, we celebrate family, we celebrate a time together and, uh, and truly it is unlike any other time throughout the year. But when you think about a Christmas celebration, you've got to go further than Walmart or the mall or go further than watch downtown on the courthouse lawn. You've got to go to the Word of God. And when we think about the first Christmas celebration, we find here this morning that the Bible tells us and teaches us what this first Christmas celebration really was all about. When we think about that this morning, it's so easy with everything that goes on around us to get wrapped up in the events and things that we lose sight and lose focus of what this celebration really is and what it really means to us that are saved this morning and what it should mean unto the world. When we come to our text this morning, I notice here that there's a sign of this Christmas celebration. The Bible says in verse 12 that this shall be a sign unto you. And so there was a sign given to uh, the shepherds concerning the first Christmas celebration. You know, I'm glad that God gave a sign, but even more than the sign, I'm glad that God gave us the scriptures, amen? For within the scriptures, we read about the sign. I think the sacred text is the most tangible thing that you and I hold that we can put our hand upon. It's the very word of God within itself and we are a blessed generation and a blessed nation to hold a copy of the word of God when two thirds of the world has never heard a clear presentation of the gospel. We have a full canon of the scriptures this morning and that alone is a Christmas gift unlike any other and so there is this sign and this sign of this Christmas celebration. I see there's the savior of this Christmas celebration as the Bible says and, there's, and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. Now when you think about this sign concerning the Savior, it involves here this little child. It involves his clothes and it involves the crib, the manger. And we know that the manger is a picture and a type of a sinner. It was cold and it was empty and it was hard and it was lifeless. It was just an earthen vessel. Well, there's nothing clean or nothing good about a manger within itself. It is filthy and nasty. It is
places where the slop of this world is placed into. Those that go to this manger would have to return again and again and again because it can never satisfy. Just like sin and just like every sinner. But what made this manger so special was the very bread of life was placed in it that day. We have this treasure in earthen vessel. I'm glad, thank God, there's nothing special about me and there's nothing special about you, but there's something special living on the inside of me and you that are saved this morning. And so when we think about this Savior this morning, the Bible talks about his clothing. It talks about who he is and all of this is a part of that sign. And then there's the suddenness of this Christmas celebration. As the Bible says, and suddenly there was with them an angel, or with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. I want to tell you this morning, heaven invaded earth on that first Christmas morning. Amen. And I like it when heaven invades earth. I like it when you go to church and heaven invades the sanctuary. It invades the sermon. It invades the song. Hey, that's what we need, friend. We need heaven to come down and glory to fill our soul. Hallelujah. And that's what happened on this first Christmas morning and this first Christmas celebration. There's the suddenness of this Christmas celebration. But then there's the song of this Christmas celebration. The Bible said in verse number 14, our text, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. What a great song that is this morning. And we'll say more about that in just a moment. But I want to stop and say this. I like songs that magnify and glorify God. Amen. Now, I wouldn't give you a plug nickel, eight man with a whole board in the middle of it for a song, uh, uh, listen, that magnifies the flesh, uh, magnifies trials, uh, magnifies people, uh, uh, listen, magnifies the world. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, we need some songs uh, and songs that magnify the devil. I wouldn't give you a nickel for one of them uh, or sinful living or lifestyles, uh, but I like them songs uh, that lift up the blood-stained banner. They magnify the God of heaven. It brings heaven down, amen, when he is magnified. And so there is the song of this Christmas celebration. And then uh, there is the shepherds in verse number 15 of this Christmas celebration. Now this is amazing because when this announcement was made, it was not made to a politician. It was not given to a prophet. I know they prophesied in the Old Testament. But I'm telling you when this uh, uh, Christmas song or celebration was given, when the message was sent forth, it came to lowly shepherds uh, outside of of Bethlehem. Perhaps they were in the very same fields that David kept his watch over his flock by night. And the message came. And it is a message about the shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd, two lowly shepherds. It's a message about a lamb that would come, that would take away the sin of the world to those little lambs that they watched in the field that night. That is the first Christmas celebration. When you think about this this morning, let me give you these four things and we'll be through concerning what this uh, Christmas celebration consisted of. I want to say number one this morning, it was heavenly. Amen. As the Bible said in verse number 13, and suddenly 
there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. Now this Christmas celebration, uh, this first Christmas celebration was a heavenly celebration. In other words, heaven got involved in celebrating the birth of Christ. We need heaven to get involved in celebrating, my friend, what the word of God celebrates. Uh, when you think about this, the Bible said in verse number nine of this same text, if you go back to it, the word of God says, and lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. You see, when heaven got involved, this angel came to the shepherds, and the Bible says in verse number nine that that angel came upon them. What that means is, that phrase came upon, it means to stand beside. And when that angel came to make the announcement of the birth of our Savior, he didn't hover over them, but he stood right beside the shepherds and announced uh, uh, this birth that was to come to pass. Uh, and then the Bible said that there was a multitude of the heavenly host. Uh, that word multitude means fullness, amen? Can you picture that in your mind? It's not a bunch of angels standing in the heavens hovering over those shepherds. Uh, no, listen, the Savior came to earth, isn't that right? He condescended to the earth uh, and heaven came to the earth uh, and these angels came uh, and this angel stood before the shepherds uh, he made the announcement that the Savior was to come and here would be the sign. And then all of a sudden, uh, there, my friend, those fields uh, and those Judean hillsides, uh, I think they would make perfect risers uh, for a heavenly choir. Uh, as the whole fields and the heavens, uh, uh, my friend, uh, the fields were full of angelic beings uh, as they lifted their voice uh, and magnified the birth of Christ. Uh, I mean, can you imagine these shepherds? Uh, they're standing in all that glory. That was the first Christmas celebration. It was a heavenly celebration, amen. Well, I tell you, when we celebrate, we ought to celebrate in a heavenly way. Isn't that right? Brother, if all you have for Christmas is some fig pudding and some presents under the tree. Uh, listen, you don't have very much to celebrate. I'm telling you, when the wrapping paper's gone and the decorations are taken down, they ought to be some heaven in your soul. Uh, they ought to be something that'll make you uh, worship and celebrate the birth of Christ uh, as much on December the 26th uh, as you would on December the 25th. Uh, I'm telling you, the virgin birth uh, ought to be a reality in our life every single day. Uh, I know he was, he's not just a babe in the manger, but thank God I'm glad he came as a babe in the manger and he walked amongst men. That's a blessing this morning and we ought to worship in a heavenly form and a heavenly fashion, amen. I think sometimes when we go to church, we forget that. We forget to worship with a heavenly mind. We sit in church and we count the ceiling tiles or we sit in church and we, we get distracted by things around us. Well, we don't turn our cell phone off. We ought to turn it off. Somebody say amen. And in church, we ought to be consumed with the preaching, the singing, the teaching, the testifying. Our minds, ought, this ought to be a time that when we come in these doors that we dismiss everything earthly from our mind. We dismiss our problems. We dismiss our troubles. We dismiss our jobs. We dismiss everything going on. Hey, we dismiss the person sitting next to us. And for just a little while, we focus on the word of God. We set our affections on things above and not on things of this earth and we worship in a heavenly form and heavenly fashion. I really don't think it matters who comes to church. I mean, everybody ought to be at church. Hey, can I get an amen right there? But I don't think it should matter who shows up. 
Some, so many times it's easy to say, well, so-and-so just walked in. We ought not care who shows up. I mean, we care. But as far as personality, we should not care. We ought to come for one reason this morning. That's to see Jesus. Amen. We ought to not come to see. I'm sure nobody at Bible Baptist does this, but all them other churches, they do. People say, well, did you see what she was wearing? None of you ladies do that. I know you know better than that. Did you see what he was wearing? Boy, did you see that? We ought to not be focused on everything else. Our minds ought to be on heaven. I don't know about you, but I need church, amen? I need a lot of church. Can I get a witness? It's not go to church less, amen? It's not cancel Sunday night service and Wednesday night service and have church one time a week. I wouldn't join a church. And if I was a member of a church uh, and they wanted to quit having church, I'd find me another church. Somebody say amen. I think you ought to have church three times a week. And if you can schedule in a fourth time, you ought to have a fourth one, amen? You ought to have as many revivals as you can, as many meetings as you can. Our life ought to be engulfed with, with church. Uh, we ought to want to bring people to church. Uh, and when we come to church, uh, we ought to pray for the service, pray for the preacher, pray for the singers, isn't that right? We ought to say amen when the preacher preaches uh, and he ought to never ask for an amen. We ought to shout the singing on. Uh, we ought to raise our hand in church. Uh, we ought to back up everything that's going on. Uh, you say, well, why would I want to do that? Because heaven gets involved with worship uh, and if heaven's going to get involved, uh, you and I ought to get involved in worship. I never have been one to sit around and wait for the spirit to move me. Amen, because it might be the wrong spirit. Isn't that right? He said, well, preacher, what do you do? I just do what the Bible says. Oh, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord, all you people of the Lord. Now, there's a time to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I don't think you ought to shout during the uh, invitation when you're compelling sinners to come to the cross. Uh, I mean, there's common sense, amen, that's involved. Uh, but on the same token as that, if somebody is singing the truth, teaching the truth, or preaching the truth, uh, I just believe in backing them up. Uh, I think you ought to get with it. Uh, it means I appreciate what's been said. It means I agree with what's been said. It means I'm attentive to what's being said. It, that's what that means. Uh, and that's why we get involved. And if we'll get involved, you know what will happen? Heaven will get involved. Heaven will come because the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. You know, we're in church nowadays when you have an invitation song, most people don't even sing. Now, if you know the words, you don't need a song book. If you're coming to the altar, you don't need a song book. But if you're standing in the pew, you ought to get a song book. If you don't know the words, somebody say amen. Boy, aren't we having a heavenly time right now? I'm just talking about if we don't do that, our church will die. Do you know that? Too many churches are graveyard dead already. They Listen, the Spirit of God no longer works and moves. If we're gonna see people saved, we've got to be enthused. We've got to come ready to worship. We've got to come ready to pray, ready to support what's being said. And listen, it doesn't matter who's doing the preaching or who's doing the singing. We ought to just get behind what's being done and stay with it, amen? And listen, stay with what's being said. And listen, then let the heavenly worship be real in our church. Now, I like real worship. Can I get an amen? We don't believe in pumping and priming for an hour. Amen. I mean, sometimes it's real good and sometimes it's real dead, but at least it's real. Amen. But I'd rather it be real good all the time, wouldn't you? 
And I'm telling you, sometimes, uh, listen, sometimes we have, we had a great service Wednesday night. I mean, uh, just testifying and people praising the Lord. Uh, and boy, you thank God for that. You say, preacher, what do you do when it's real dead? You go home and pray and you ask God to bless and meet and you do inventory in your life. And then you come back and you worship a God and you just go back to meeting again. I'm talking about, friend, we need some heavenly worship because that's what the first Christmas celebration was all about. It was heavenly. And then I see this, it was happy. Notice what he said in verse number 14 or verse number 13. And suddenly there was round, or suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. Notice this, praising God. Now praising God ought to produce a happy atmosphere. Can I get an amen? You ought to not be depressed and discouraged. I know discouragement comes in our life and it'll be there and we all face discouragement and we all full face depression in life. But the Bible says he's the lifter up of our head. The word of God said that he gives joy. And the Bible said, uh, listen, it said weeping may endure for the night, but joy cometh in the morning. I've had, I've had sorrow and joy at the same time, haven't you? Joy in the midst of sorrow lets you know that you've got something more than just happiness, amen? You've got something that's eternal, something that's on the inside. But I think God's people ought to be happy people, amen? I think when we go to church, we ought to be smiling. Somebody say amen. You ought to not look like you're chewing briars on Sunday morning. You ought to not look like you got barbed wire in your mouth, amen? You ought to not look like your mother-in-law moved in last night and now you don't know what you're gonna do. I'm telling you, some of the saddest, longest faces you'll ever see, you'll not see them in a barn, you'll not see them in a gutter. Sometimes you see them in the house of God. You say, well, preacher, I'm upset about something. Well, grow up and get over it, amen? I mean, you ought to just get right with God and swallow it and go on and worship God anyway. Hallelujah. I seen somebody get huffy with me last week. Y'all know what that means, don't you? Here. And I started to say something to him. I thought, now it's Christmas time. I just wished him a Merry Christmas and said, I'll let it go till next year. Now, if you know who you are, get over it and don't come huffy again. Somebody say Amen. You got till the first of 2019 to get right with God, amen. Well, I'm telling you, we're living in a time. You say, preacher, why are you preach like that? If you had to put up with what pastors have to put up with sometimes, I'm telling you, brother, life's too short and eternity's too long and Jesus is too real for me to sit around and worry about somebody that's got their feelings hurt. I say, get the chip off your shoulder and get right with God and worship the Lord. Hey, if God's been good to you, you ought to thank God you're not laying in a gutter somewhere. You ought to thank God you're not going to hell. And if you're saved, listen, there ought to be a smile on your face and you listen, you ought to worship him. Hallelujah. Isn't that right? Brother, I'm telling you, listen, I'm not gonna worry and I don't think anybody else ought to worry about a bunch of baby church members uh, that are still running around in diapers uh, and can't get over themselves uh, and can't learn to just go ahead and grow up uh, and worship God. Now, we're having a wonderful time right now, aren't we? Amen. I'm telling you, free up. Uh, listen, uh, it's just good to be saved uh, and be on your way to heaven. Hallelujah. That's right. Be happy. Be thankful. Be glad you're in a good church. Be glad you know the truth this morning. So, well, preacher, I, I just got it hard. You're not sitting in a hospital this morning 
wondering if your baby is going to live or die. Amen. Brother, I want to tell you something today. Most of us, and I say us, ought to get on our face and thank God that he even puts up with us. One little old thing go wrong and you go ballistic over it. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, you ought to thank God this morning and he's long-suffering and we ought to extend that same long-sufferingness to others. You say, well, they didn't do me right. They didn't treat me right. I'm telling you, I've wronged God far more than anybody that I know has ever wronged me. You say, well, I ought not, you ought not say that. It's true. And if you're right, you'll say the same thing. I've disappointed him. I've not, listen, I'm not in deep, dark, gross sin as far as I know this morning. But I'm telling you, friend, I've made more commitments and failed. I've made more promises and failed. I meant them at the time. But this old stuff I'm wrapped up in, it's a major disappointment to God and to me uh, and if we started marking iniquities who could stand this morning uh, I'm just glad there's mercy I'm just glad there's grace uh, I'm happy this morning uh, that he's put me here uh, and he's let me be amongst the living this morning uh, isn't it just good uh, to be saved hallelujah I don't have anything to complain about got a roof over my head. I got clothes on my back. I got shoes on my feet this morning. I don't have anything to feel sorry for myself for. I'm not burning in the charred walls of the dam this morning. I say bless his name. I say glory to God. I say praise the Lord. He's good to us. Hallelujah. He's allowed us to live another year. And if you live 2018 in misery, you ought to get on this altar and get happy in Jesus. And by, say, by the grace of God, I'm gonna live 2019 and the rest of my days with joy and victory from here on out. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, friend, the first Christmas celebration was happy. It was heavenly. And then, I like this, it was holy this morning. It was holy. The Bible said in verse number 14, glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill to men. They were giving glory to God. Isn't it amazing how the world does not want to celebrate the birth of Christ? Just like the word of God says, they don't want to retain God in their knowledge. I saw a sign the other day, and I'm not beating up on the world, but it said Merry Xmas. That's highly offensive to me as a Christian. Isn't that right? because they're Xing out the name of Christ. I'm telling you this morning, Christmas is not about Santa Claus. It's not about Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. It's not about a Christmas tree, and if that bothers you, then listen, I, I'm not even gonna apologize for that this morning. I'm telling you, there's so many distractions of this world trying to take away the, from the true meaning of Christmas. Christmas. Christmas is about a virgin that conceived of, a, of the Holy Ghost and brought forth her firstborn son. And that son's name was Jesus, the angel said. And thou shalt bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus and he shall save his people from their sins. Now I'm telling you, thank God for the birth of Jesus Christ. For the birth of Christ brought the life and the death of our Savior and the resurrection 
resurrection of our Lord. And thank God this morning we live because he lives. He was born to die. And my friend, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But now we've been made alive. And our unrighteousness has been traded for the righteousness of Christ. And it's been imputed unto us. And now we are the sons of God because of a virgin birth this morning. And I bless his name for that. There's nothing unholy about the birth of Christ. Brother, I'm telling you, the world likes to taint it. They like to talk about it because they're non-believers. They don't believe that Christ was born of a virgin, but I do this morning, don't you? The world says, well, how do you believe? How could you believe that? I believe it very simply because the Bible says so. I don't have to question the authority of this book. I just rest on it. I don't have to have all the explanations and the answers even though it does. I'm just believing and trusting in it. You say, well, you were brainwashed. No, I've got peace this morning. Wasn't it good to have peace to know that I don't have all the answers, but this has all the answers. I'm not always right, but this is always right. I don't know everything, but this knows everything. I'm telling you, I fail, but this never fails. I'm not clean and holy all the time, but I hold in my hand a book that's unadulterated. It's clean. It's pure. It's holy. It's been through the fire. It's been through the flood. It's come out perfect every time. It's a right book. Hallelujah. And we're right this morning, aren't we? You know, when you're right, you don't have to defend it. You can just stand on it. When you're right, you don't have to attack others who are not right. You can just rest in it. They can squabble about this and that, but I'm telling you what we hold this morning is an anchor that is steadfast and sure, never fails. And I bless the Lord for that this morning. I close with this thought. Not only was it holy and heavenly and happy, but I see here that it was hopeful. As the Bible said that it came to pass, as the angels were going away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. I don't know much about these shepherds, but here's what I know. I know they believed the word that was given to them. They trusted it, and they had a desire to see what had been said. You realize how easy it would have been for those shepherds to have said, well, we don't believe that. That was just some figma of our imagination. That was some spirit, but that's not true. It had been 400 years of silence. The silence had been broken. And now they were faced with what every one of us are faced with this morning. That is, will we believe the Word of God? I think this morning that amongst miracles and everything else, the most powerful thing is to have faith in what God said. I thank Him for what He's done. But the older I get, the more I realize it's not what he's done in my life that gives me security. It's what he said. How easy we are to forget what he's done. So God gave us his word so that when I have failed to remember what he has done, Brother George, I can just open this book and I can read what he said. What he said. This morning, we celebrate Christmas because we celebrate Christ. And he's real to us that are saved this morning because we believe the word of God. I ask you this question this morning.
your celebration tomorrow, Christmas Eve, and Christmas Day. Think about this. Will it truly be a Christmas celebration? A lot of people call it that. But Christ is nowhere to be found. Is it real to you this morning? Do you know him in the free pardon of sin? Do you know that you're saved? If you know that you're saved, you ought to thank God this morning. You ought to praise his name that he's let you live another year, that he's let you serve him and live for him. And by the grace of God, you ought to determine to serve him more next year than you have this year. But if you're not saved today, then I want to invite you to come to this altar. I want to invite you to come and accept Christ as your Savior this morning. The greatest gift you could ever receive would be the gift of salvation.